Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational, educational, and entertaining podcast for auto detailers. Welcome to the community. Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall Hill, and I'm your guide as we journey through the car care industry. You can find me on most platforms at Total Auto Solutions. If you're on TikTok, find me at Detail Supply App. Best way to get in touch with me, though, is shoot me a text direct, 918-800-1188. Joined today with two guests. Excited about this. Greg can be found on most platforms at Masterson's Wax. Uh, if you're on TikTok, find him at Masterson's Car Care. Best way to get in touch with Greg, though, is shoot him a text direct, 562-335-2053. And uh, also joined by Sean, uh, Sean from Orbis X. Excited about this to chop it up and back and forth. Sean can be found on most platforms at Orbis X Inc., uh, best way to get in touch direct is shoot him an email, S-H-A-W-N at O-R-B-I-S-X dot C-A. And you can get uh, Sean direct. Uh, Sean, hey, give us uh, just a, a brief uh, 30 seconds. Who are you? Sure. Uh, so a serial entrepreneur. Own a few companies, have an auto shop as well. Um, so that's kind of how I got into the detailing industry. And then uh, we've got a software company. Uh, we do two softwares. One is for detailing industry specific, and then another one is for, uh, you know, HVAC guys, plumbers, things like that as well. Um, and then, uh, but Orbis X has blown up. We're now in 11 countries, and it's uh, been a primary focus for me this year because uh, every every year or so we try and, you know, either start or buy and sell a couple of businesses. Uh, so fortunately, just before COVID, I got out of my tourism business that I had in the Caribbean. <laughs> Thank goodness for that because uh, things obviously didn't, <laughs> didn't go so well for the rest of the world. But uh, so my background is is mostly just different businesses, different kinds. We used to own a radio show in California, like a bunch of stuff. And uh, so, yeah, just buy and sell businesses and get them, take something that's struggling, get it to the point where it's, you know, churning out numbers and then hire a bunch of people to run it. Uh, so same thing. It was actually my wife and I working at our auto shop when we started it because we had a warehouse and we were like, what do we do with the space? So we set up an auto shop and then now I've got eight full-time guys and four part-time and I go in there, you know, basically when I want my car clean, that's about it. But uh, it's all just on autopilot now. Okay, man. Cool. All right. Well, uh, as I continue to uh, dig through my <laughs> Corona experience, I am drinking a cherry limeade today. Nice. Uh, not a beer. I still have yet. I had a couple. I had a couple sips of a beer the other day, and I, I just I couldn't do it. It just why not Corona? Ah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Maybe that should be my first beer that I actually fully drink. That would yeah. be fun. Yeah, yeah, that would be good. Uh, have, yeah, yeah. Uh, get Corona familiar. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, I heard something the other day, which was interesting, um, and this is kind of where this this talk will will evolve from is I don't know if you guys saw how Australia has really completely changed their their mentality. They call it the new world order, right? Uh, new way of them post-corona, post-everything coming out. So I want to dive into, I think it'd be fun, is is there a new world order inside detailing that's evolved out of 2020 into 2021? And as we progress you know, further into 2022, because there's a lot of things that have changed uh, some things have gone away. Some things will continue to progress. And so as our first little discussion back and forth, uh, we, I want to dive into what are your guys' thoughts on this. So, you know, when we look at, when we think what affects the industry, right, let's just start about what affects the industry, Greg, I'll let you start. You know, do you think, is it brands that affects the industry? Is it products that affect the industry or is it technology that affects the industry? Before you ask me that question, since we're talking about the new world order, I want to know when are we going to have Hollywood Hulk Hogan, Scott Hall, and Kevin Nash on the podcast? <laughs> because every time you were saying the new world order, I'm just I'm just hearing that glass break, boom, right? <laughs> oh, oh, but this is true, the new world order. So what are the three again? Uh, brands, products, or technology that affects the industry the most? You know. That's a good question. What affects the industry or what affects us? You know, um, if it affects, to be honest, the industry, it's not, I personally don't think that it's um, brands or technology. What was the third one? Products. Products. See, 
I think that people are what affect the industry more than anything. The customer base, the change of it. And then that affects the products, the technology, and the products, or the, the brands, the products, and the technology. It affects all of that. And those evolve with it. And in, in, in what's going to matter in uh, 2022, 2023, after Corona, it, I personally think it's going to be brands out of all this. Brands are the number one. Explain. What do you mean? Well, like when in detailing industry of products or uh, services, any of those, people don't buy products. This is like the, the, the craziest thing. They don't buy products. They buy stories. They buy stuff. People no, People don't like buying stuff that they need. When was the last time you bought you something you need, Marty? Uh, my AirPods that fell out of my pocket while I was driving. <laughs> like I was so mad because I had the doors off and I, I, I knew I shouldn't have put it in my left pocket, but then I got to the warehouse and I was like, fuck. Like, so they fell out. I drove up and down that highway a couple of times. Like, just come on. Like, please, like, <laughs> please be there. <laughs> so, well, like, that was the last time I was like, okay, I really need a new set of AirPods. Okay. So I truly believe that that's something you want. And something you need would be something like a basic thing to live. Like people often will spend more money. <laughs> people, you know, like what's the most basic thing we need to live? Food, right? Yeah. Some people will rather buy cheap food, but spend money on like expensive cars and stuff like that. And, and, but then there's some people that are the opposite. will spend the most expensive food and drive the lowest cost cars, right? Mm. These the, are really that... I, that ideology right there, I think affects auto detailing the most because auto detailing, I don't think is something that anybody needs, but they want. And it's our job to make them think that they need this every day. If you're a, if you're a service person, like you're running with Orbis, you want people to think that they need detailing every week, like a mm -hmm. haircut, like a massage, like a, a great service going out to eat. All those things would be like, I need to go do that. And that's why people were so deprived in Corona because those things that they thought that they needed, they don't need anymore. What was something in after Corona, Marty, that you think that you needed, but you realized that you didn't after Corona, that you could do yourself? Oh, do you? I was thinking, I, I was thinking food. The biggest change for me has been I can't eat anything sweet. Nothing. I bought some grapes mm. the other day. I couldn't even eat grapes. Like for oh, some wait. reason, for some reason, wow. sweet things. <laughs> yeah, it's the weirdest. Yeah. Like, <laughs> okay, that's I, a good one. Is there I can't any eat anything sweet? Is there any service that you that you? Is there something that you were buying that you just started doing yourself? Actually, I'm going the other way. What can I bring in to make my life easier? Uh, uh, what can I? Um, what can I have other something do for me so that I don't have to do it? Yeah, Landscaping, lawn care. Uh, you know, I have a house cleaner, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Like uh, I want to get new, some new things inside the house. I understood that. Right. Like remember how much the, uh, the housing market exploded and the, the home care exploded <laughs> in 2020. Like I get it now that I was sitting in my house for two <laughs> weeks. Like I'm like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, people change. People changed after Corona. And some things like just for me example, and uh, this is for a, a lot of people with some things, I used to go out and get cocktails all the time and go to like nice cocktail bars. I used to go out with my wife all the time, get cocktails. I just started nice. my own cocktails. And nice. imagine, uh, that's another one, a, a good one, coffee. I got uh -huh. tired uh, in, in Corona because everything was shut down. We just started making our own coffee. We just started buying all the good coffee equipment, the espresso machine. We just started making it here at the office. We didn't even go to Starbucks anymore. So all of that money, I don't need. And a one thing that is a big one, since we're talking about services and a lot of people listen to this, is the detailing. A lot of people started that were having their car washed by people started having it washed at home by themselves. Of mm. Like a gigantic amount. If you guys think it's a little bit, it's actually a lot from looking at our statistics. And so um, a good example, my wife, she actually used to have her car washed at work 
because people, there was a guy that was there would just come and offer to wash the car. Well, they went to work from home, disappeared that service, boom. And now they're going to go back to the office and she's like, well, I, I can just wash it at home. Mm. It changed, it changed because people get a habit and then they, it, they're like, okay, I've changed. I don't need to uh, adjust that anymore. Yeah. So these auto detailing, I think the biggest thing about is reaching out to these people with their brand or their service to connect and build rapport again with their customers. Cool. Uh, All right, Sean, let, let me jump over to you. What do you sure. think affects the industry? Is it brands, is it products, or is it technology? So I, I would agree with Greg that definitely the consumers, I would say, dictate the way that things evolve. Um, so for example, if it, look at something like website design, for example, nobody wanted to build for mobile devices, but as people started using their phones more than they did computers, that industry changed to, to match up with you know, the way people were, you know, navigating websites, things like that. It's the same kind of thing I'd say with products and brands. Uh, but what I will say is that the, it's a very symbiotic relationship because the brands that adapt quickly and innovate based on consumer habits, those are the ones that solidify things in the marketplace. And I think that that's where uh, there's real opportunities for, if you look at, you know, like Greg saying, detailers, a lot of them will consider that detailing is a need. It's a necessity and they sell it as if it's a need but that's, you're kind of backing yourself into a corner because the minute that something happens where someone doesn't feel it's a need or a necessity, your entire sales process has now gone up in smoke and it's, it's dust. And instead, if you sell it based on the value added, the convenience, all, all these kinds of things, you find those kind of ways of selling it, uh, that will allow detailers to change the industry. Uh, but I, I would say the brands, because brands and products definitely go hand in hand. I'd say the availability of products from brands at a consumer level um, is definitely impacting the industry and the way that consumers are also behaving. So there's some brands that are, you know, switching not so much from a, you know, business to business, but more to, you know, B2C, they're going direct to consumer. Uh, so those brands, I would say, are impacting parts of the industry, but it depends on the parts of industry you want to service. Like there's always been those, you know, guys and girls that want to detail their own vehicles those would probably never be your ideal customer because they're, you know, I, I see a lot of guys that go to car shows and they, they pitch their detailing services to these guys that, you know, their car is their baby. And don't get me wrong at, at our shop, we do, you know, some cars from car shows, things like that. But a lot of these guys, they're, they're so big into their, you know, the gear heads, they love their vehicle. They don't want to, they'll ask you for advice. Hey, I need to get this out of my seats or something like that. They don't actually want you to do it. They, they just, you know, want to come get whatever they can. So I think that, the brands that adapt uh, quickly, the brands that, you know, push themselves in the marketplace, those are the ones that impact things in the, the marketplace. Uh, the other ones, they might have a short little burst. You know, if you go direct to consumer, uh, for example, you might have a burst during something like a pandemic, but then, you know, post pandemic, as people start getting, you know, slowly going back to work or they start to get lazy again, they're not at home, uh, you know, that's where the, the convenience services are going to come back into effect. And those brands might be in trouble because they spent so much effort going that that one route that was short-lived right so i would say if i had to choose one the one that impacts them the most i would say the brands do impact the industry the most reason being is that without the brands there are no products for the consumers to buy um but that being said brands that don't adapt with consumer purchasing habits and uh, they're they're the ones that are going to be you know dead in the water right so yeah and when i when i thought of the questions and i looked over it i i think it's technology I think as technology continues to evolve and that's not just like you technology to me goes not only in something like Orbis X, but in also into coatings or snow foam. When I, when I think yeah. of snow foam and I think of what Greg, you guys did, you know, way many years ago, you know, the, the idea and having the idea of the, the technology of putting out foam onto the car, well, it started with that, but then it took the brand and what all you guys did to explode making cleaning your car sexy and fun mm. and showing foam all over the place you know helps with those as, promo videos for sure yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 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 and, and, and the, re the reason that that, that that ties into what i was saying is that people buy people don't buy stuff they buy stories and like mm -hmm. i love detailing my car people love coming to the shop because they know i love detailing my car they want to chat with me they want to know about the products that we use and they buy it because they see our passion for detailing, you know, anybody can go get a wax anywhere, you know, but why do they drive to our Masterson's car care store? 
Sometimes they drive like a couple hours to come down here to get the, our products, to hang out with us, to talk about us, mainly to hang out with us because we have such a great crew of people because they love our story. They love our passion for them. Yeah. And that's something about the snow foam. Why did, why did people buy the snow foam and why did it look sexy? Why did it look fun? It's because we have fun doing it. Like literally, it's something you can't fake. You know, you like, having fun is something, it's very difficult to fake. You can, you can act in a lot of stuff, but you know, no, so the, the next one for me, when I thought of it, what has it changed and affect the industry was coatings right now. Coatings have been, mm. as you guys know, been around for a long time in different places. But then when it came here to the States, there was a few brands that really pushed the agenda. Um, certain brands did incredibly job at their marketing, which greatly affected the industry habits and it directly increased and then decreased for many people about which style of coding they chose and how many layers or blah, blah, blah. Right. Like, so, uh, you know, what, what does it for me, I, I'm going to go with, with technology, uh, and, and then it's brands that come in to do it because then they're the ones that put out the products for people to use and put on their car. So it does have a bunch of different, uh, I think you use symbiotic. I think that's a good word of, uh, of, yeah. of saying it is, is how it all ties in together. All right. So let's go over a couple different things of where we see value today. And this, this should be fun. These will be little quick ones, right? Cause I got, I got quite a few. So all right. you know, if I cut you off, it's because, Hey, we got a, a, a minute. A list. All right. So, all right, uh, Sean, for you, uh, where does this hold value today? Rotary buffing. Um, depends on what you're selling. Exactly. For me at our shop, for example, uh, we, we sell a lot of PPF. We do more PPF than we do coatings. Um, so I would say the prep work for, for anything is, is where people come in uh, to our shop because it's, it's the grunt work they don't want to do themselves. Um, so prepping a car, I would say, yeah, I'd say it makes up a big part of our business. Uh, so our shop is Auto World. Uh, so it's, we're in, in Ottawa and uh, Canada. But uh, for us, there's a lot of different factors we have to deal with here because the, the conditions with the climate. Um, so for us, people want to lock in that shine. All right, I get but, it. But rotary, right? <laughs> rotary. Rotary. How does rotary affect? Yeah. Does so value? I, I think so. I think. It, it can have value. It depends on how it's pushed. Like at our shop, we're really good with our sales process. We spend more time training people on the sales side versus doing the actual work. Um, so I, I think transferring that value to the customer, absolutely. It's okay. Greg, I know we have Rotary a list, buffing. so I'll try and keep it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, but, we'll, I'll cut you off. We'll go on. Rot fire. Rotary buffing, Greg. Rotary buffing. Yeah. It's got value. You, you can do some fast work and you also need it for headlight restorations and polishing on like stuff like that. Like, I mean, I use it a lot for headlight restorations, a lot. Ah, good point. All right, Greg, wax. Wax is a fucking great value. <laughs> it is, it is <laughs> one of the best values out there. Like pretty much you can get it anywhere. It makes anything look great and it's cheap. It's like, it's everything good. You know, they say a race car or you don't want a good car. You, you can only have three things. It, it can, or it can, there's three things with a car. Either fast, uh, reliable, or cheap. Pick two. <laughs> wax, wax has all three. <laughs> it, it's great. It's reliable. It's cheap, and it's uh, it's it's dependable. It's great. All right, great. Uh, Sean. Instant upsell. Instant. I love it. Yeah, it, it it's something that gets added on to everything. Doesn't even matter. Um, so we we definitely push that more than we do ceramics, just because the turnaround time for us is is significantly less and it also brings repeat business versus you know hey we'll see you in seven years you know, okay. so Minutes. so so then exactly. sealants where does sealants hold value then so like ceramics no sealants sealants in the only thing like we we so at our shop we consider ceramic coatings like sealants sealing the car um give you're, me give oh, me an example. you're in canada right yeah See, now this is something that's very unique and I'll point this out because Sean's from Canada is that everywhere in the world, they view products or services differently. And yeah. like in Canada, ca Canadian consumers, pro and this, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, coatings and sealants are probably in like the same zone. There's not 100%. like a three tier thing. They're just like, oh, you want a coating sealant? 
You want to seal it? And that's a hundred percent. Yeah, okay. you're absolutely right. Like I said, we sell more PPF because the, the road conditions, like uh, even when they salt the roads for the winter, that gets kicked up on your car. So rock chips are a huge thing that we deal with here. So PPF makes more sense and our margins on it are phenomenal. So um, that's where, so sealants where you are. <laughs> yeah, like a Teflon, I mean, a Teflon sealant, a, a, okay. a six month sealant, a spray okay. sealant, you know, spray there's- sealant. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, we have something similar to that. Uh, we, we call it something a little bit different here, but we just say spray protectant. And um, so we have different products that we've, you know, tried out and uh, it's, it's not as huge a seller. We, we make more off the wax. It's faster and people feel they're getting the same kind of value. Uh, I realize they do very different things, um, but it's part of our sales process. We can add value to either one, but uh, oh, I'm going to get my guys to test it out though. I'm going to get them to test out using sealant as the word and see what happens. I'm okay. big on testing. You know hey. what? I'm going to be honest with you. It probably won't work. It's just, the, <laughs> it's just the communication. Thing it's true. That the customers, customers may feel what they're looking for is. Yeah. So Greg, what about you? Sealants? Sealant's great value. You know, it, it, if, if it's for a uh, detailer service, great. If it's for a detailer service, great value. Upsell it from a wax. I, I feel like it's start everything with a wax. Wax is like basic mm. included. And then upsell them to a sealant. And then you can even upsell them to a ceramic. And then from even there, you can even kind of like upsell them, upsell, cross-sell into like PPF, which is Absolutely. really cool. It leads like a lot of levels. And so yeah, yeah. In America, sometimes people like a lot of choices, or they only like like three choices. Mm -hmm. So it, it's it's. That's it's, why popcorn is small, medium, and large. <laughs> yeah, that's why popcorn in America small, medium, large. But you go to some restaurants in America, and like the menus are like eight pages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so so uh, this is an interesting one. A product that came out years ago, greatly affected, but I don't see as much today as we used, used to see is that really foul smelling color changing wheel cleaner. Mm. Uh, yeah. Hey, Hey, you know, I'll, I'll, Greg, you're I'll, up. I'll throw in on this first. You know, I get people asking me about that. Oh, did you sell this like iron removing wheel cleaner? I'm like, you know, it smells real bad, right? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've seen it online and I'm like, yeah, you've seen it online, but you don't understand. It smells like in death. <laughs> rotten eggs <laughs> smells like yeah. plastic yeah so does it have value today no has no i don't think it ever had value at all <laughs> i personally right. don't think it had any value sean sure. what about you yeah so we we use a product that's similar but not for wheels but uh we use it it, it smells similar though uh it smells like sulfur like eggs yeah. and uh so we use it as part of the prep work before we do ppf uh, it's usually like removing contaminants. Right, uh, but I'm only talking about wheel cleaning. So for wheels, no, we def we don't. <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing, the way that we've trained our guys, they could add value to anything and sell it. So in that regard, sure. Like if you had a bottle kicking around, you want to give it to me, I'll get my guys to sell it. But right. we wouldn't use it in our day-to-day. -day. This is one that you guys are both in. This will be fun. Sean, uh, what value do Facebook groups have? Depends on the group. Um, so there's some groups online um, that, you know, people throw out the term toxic a lot. Uh, I think any group, even if it is toxic, depending on how you network within that group, um, I think there can be pluses and minuses. Uh, the biggest thing is um, it's a great place to help others so that can fulfill that philanthropic need. But also it's a great place to, to learn some stuff, too, if you actually pay attention. And Facebook's great with the algorithm. If you spend 10 seconds on a post, they know and they won't show you those kind of posts again. But when people go and comment on things that, you know, oh, I hate seeing these posts and stuff like that, you just commented. For, so Facebook assumes you want to see that again. So they're going to show it to you more. <laughs> so Facebook groups are great, but understanding the algorithms behind them, I, they don't bother me because uh, Facebook rarely shows me stuff I don't want to see. Greg, Facebook groups are great, but the demographics are very old now. And, the, and they're, mm. getting, they're getting older. They're getting really old. And and people need I'm to glad you said that because that's really what's been in my mind. Like, and when I think of Facebook groups, the new, right? Because we're thinking new world, right? Those younger detailers, the newer detailers, I think they're spending much less time in the Facebook groups and they're on TikTok. 
on TikTok. You know, they're not even there. And I feel like uh, sometime soon there will be an evolution of Facebook will, will, will go away because Facebook's there. The demographics on Facebook, super old. And yeah, Facebook groups are great and, and they're great for the instantaneous thing, but it's pretty much just like the forums moved over to Facebook group, you know? That's true. You know, That's moved true. over to Facebook group. And there could be a, a, a resurgence of detailing forums back again uh, through chat discussion groups, but the people running the forums can't screw it up again because they were the ones that screwed it up in general. That's all the problem. Then, yeah, that's why people switched over. Yeah, that's why people I, over to Facebook. I think demographics too. It, it depends. Like where we are, for example, a lot more people here um, they use like Instagram things like that. Um, things that just the way the platforms functions a little different. It's more focused on you know video and, and visual aids versus you know just texting back and forth basically in one big thing. So I think it depends that way too. But yeah, tick, TikTok as well. Uh, people like things that are instantaneous they, they want it faster and you know if you have any questions it's rare now that people will go to like facebook groups in comparison to how many detailers there actually are versus how many are in these groups um it's it's more you want answers to thing youtube google ask a friend you know things like that it's cool but, uh all right uh greg automation automation and what anything well, automation <laughs> Automation in anything is great. If you can, if you can <laughs> automate some something, that is great. I got somebody that works here, Adrian. All he wants me to do is automate everything. You need to just automate everything. Yeah, automation is great. But like Henry Ford said it, give me the idea, show me who comes with it. There has to be somebody to run that automation. So mm-hmm. automation is a tool. It's great for us to use. It's a lot of value. Do not dump all your do not make your whole thing automated and think that you can just automate something and then just go to the, the uh, Bahamas, true. you know? <laughs> it's Sean, true. Sean, you, uh, you seem to be a big automated I guy there. So love, to love automation, thoughts. love automation, but Greg's right. Automation with purpose. And you can never remove the human element. You can't. Um, so I see a lot of guys, they, they post in forums and groups and they say like, I, I don't want to even answer these messages to customers. I just want them to go online and do everything themselves and stuff like that. And that's great. Like uh, our software OverSex has an amazing booking tool as well as automation things, but with the human element involved as well, because it, you're your greatest asset. You are the face of the company. You are that sales tool and a customer will upsell themselves sometimes, but you're never going to know how many sales you missed out on. So you have to play an active role in that sales process. I know it's scary for a lot of guys, but you got to do it. And so uh, everything about, uh, we own seven companies in total. We automate everything that we can, but we also inject the human element as well. So even my my auto shop, Orbis X lands us deals all on its own. It has AI that reaches out and books appointments for us. That's great. But just in case it doesn't catch them all, I have two receptionists. Um, so Joe, he's a great guy. Uh, Joe, if you see this, <laughs> you know, uh, but he, he calls every customer as well. And so we have that human element while automating because it's the only way to scale. Uh, so right now we're doing 25 to 30 cars a day, six days a week. And that's within two years. And we have 645 star reviews and we wouldn't have gotten here without some form of automation, uh, but having that human component as well um, so it's, I studied at the Walt Disney Institute and they have a university for marketing and sales. And it's this whole thing of creating magic. So you have to create that experience for the customer. Technology can't do it alone and humans can't do it alone if you want to scale as well. So cool. All right. Uh, Sean, waterless washing. <laughs> this one, oh, geez. Uh, personally, uh, I feel that anytime you're cleaning something, water should be involved to some degree. Um, that's just my personal opinion. And it's because water is nature's like, it's provided by nature and it's a a good cleanser, um, in a lot of ways. Like when you, like, would you wash your dishes at home without using water ever? Probably not. Um, so it's the same for a car, but depends on what you're washing. Uh, depends on the scenario. I do think that there is some value to it in some scenarios, but, uh, for us, customers also like to see their car, you know, dripping, get sprayed down and then stuff like that. So for us, that's where our value add comes in. Um, not a huge fan personally, but I know I know many are. Yeah, Greg. 
I think waterless wash is the biggest value of the fucking planet. Like, <laughs> I knew you so, were going to It is so, it is so much value, 100%. You know, yeah. I think that waterless wash is actually going to lead to the demise of the professional detailing world very fast. And I actually think that it's actually been that way for a while. It's just that it was too much of an advancement because people are like, man, I have to use water. I have to use water to clean this. And now like out here in California, we're getting ready to go in stupid drought. The, yeah, the, guys... the Lake Mead is at the lowest level it's ever been. If, if, if it can't go any, if it goes any lower, they're going to like, can't make power. And so they don't want anybody washing with water. If you wash with water mm-hmm. out here in California, you have to collect all the water, suck it up into a vacuum. If you get caught- Clean it, wow. If you get caught using the water without a reclamation mat, it's a $10,000 fine. So I think that um, waterless wash is great because you can wash the car inside, outdoors, uh, a race car, don't have to touch water. And some some customers out here, a lot of people listen to this, don't even like their cars being washed with water. Like I don't even drive in the rain. I don't even drive (laughs) in the rain. They're like, I I, I don't even take this car in the rain. Why do I need to wash with water? And it's a big perception of that. um, uh, And And I think it's going to change a lot. Here in Oklahoma, uh, most people, when we talk about in the rain, they they consider that washing their car. So if it's three or four days before we're going to get rain, (laughs) two or three days after, they're like, Oh no, it's gonna rain. Well, I'll wash my car in the rain, and then oh no, it just rained. My car got washed. So I got a free car wash. Yeah, <laughs> free it. car wash. All right. So, Greg, uh, artificial intelligence. You know, artificial intelligence. This is a this is an interesting one. I don't think I think that it, the artificial intelligence doesn't have value to the detailer yet. It has more value to the online sales of products. And that is a a big thing, I believe, is the online sales of the products. Um, Detailers can easily do this. And if they're selling online, then the AI has more value for them. And actually, to be honest, I feel like the AI has great value for the customer. Hey, it's finding things that I kind of have interest in. Now I don't have to look at commercials for protein powder because I'm not going to go to the gym. I can, it's going to show me commercial for nice dress shoes because I'm looking for some dress shoes. Cool. Sean. Yeah, so a uh, little different school of thought. See, I understand that side too because uh, through our marketing agency, we do a lot of AI stuff for e-commerce stores and, and that's huge, you know? So it plays a big role into filtering out, showing people what they're going to buy and retargeting to them. Um, so we do the same thing though with Orbis X towards booking more appointments. Uh, so it, it's big on doing follow-ups and even making sure that my staff do follow-ups, things like that as well. Uh, but when it's looking for suggestions of days to book, the AI assesses what we call staff fatigue. So it takes a look at, you know, how our staff has been performing, how many days they've worked, how many hours, how many jobs they've done, the types of jobs, and if maybe they're getting tired and it tries to make, you know, appointment suggestions for different days. So it does play a role and there are ways of doing it. Yeah. But like, like anything with automation, you still need that human component and it can't just run on its own. You're not going to set up AI and then just, uh, oh, let me sit back and smoke my cigar and the, the AI is going to make me a million dollars. It doesn't work like that. You need a human component as well. And it depends on how you set it up because you can set up AI and it'll completely tank or you can set it up <laughs> and it does a, a really good job. <laughs> so, yeah. We, uh, we talked earlier about waxes and sealants. So now where the value of ceramic coatings, where does that hold for you? Me or Greg? Uh, you go first, Sean. Sure, sounds good. Uh, so similar to wax, we, we use it as an upsell as well. Um, and so each thing has its place. Uh, we find that our shop, that we get customers that come in with one or two schools of thought. They either don't know what ceramic coatings are at all, and then we have to spend a lot of time educating them on that. So in those instances, we take a look at the customer, what they're spending, what they're booked in for. If it's easier for us to just push a wax, get them out the door, we'll follow up later with the ceramic coating and walk them down that funnel. Uh, other guys come in and they've heard of ceramic coatings, they want it, and we use it as an alternative for PPF. I know they do very different things in terms of, you know, protection for, you know, like scratches, rock chips, things like that. Uh, but some people don't want to or are not prepared to make the investment in PPF. Uh, so at our shop, ceramic coating has, has a high value. Absolutely. Uh, d- depending on the product, though, depending on what people are using, because there's some things out there that, uh, you know, they, they make all kinds of promises and, you know. <laughs> Anyway, we'll leave that there for now. <laughs> Greg. 
uh, I think the value is low right now on ceramic coating. Uh, it, I think it used to be a very good value, and now it's not just it's not a value mm -hmm. anymore. It just because ev it's everywhere. And, and mm -hmm. how can you have value if something is in an oversaturated market? I don't believe it can. I think detailers have to make their services more unique. And I think that it's uh, for a detailer, they should try to be in a market that's um, outside of the norm, right? Uh, it gets them more attention. It can get them more customers rather than everybody um, going with ceramic coating. And I still believe right now that um, like what Sean said, people don't know what ceramic coating is and you have to explain it to them. And if you have to explain a joke, it's not funny. So, mm. so That's true. Why, why even say the joke, right? Why even try to offer it? And uh, it's, it's still not a relevant thing. I think it's it, maybe in the future, it will have more value. Mm. All right. So uh, sanitization, right? Um, you know, in 2020, there was brands, wow. there was trainers, there's people that came out heavy with, hey, you got to sanitize, 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 but not really any information that was valid and a lot of hocus pocus promises that you don't see them anymore. I haven't seen those, you know, especially certain trainers that were pushing it that do not even say anything anymore about sanitization. So Greg, uh, sanitization inside uh, value for cleaning cars. Um, I actually... Uh, see a lot of value in the san sanitization. And you don't have to just like be like, I'm only selling sanitization, right? But we're going to clean your car. We're also going to sanitize those surfaces as well. And, and because there's a lot of surfaces in the cars that people touch a shitload. Mm -hmm. And you know who has value in the sanitization? People with kids. People with kids, they, they want the car clean for the child. And one of it is sanitize. Sanitizing wipes, sanitizing sprays, stuff like that. Car seat cleaning. That's a big service that has a lot of value. Me, yeah. I, have kid, I have a kid on the way. It has a lot of value to me. Oh, congrats. You know, thanks. So I like, I, you know, there's a lot of value I see. And I notice a lot of that value for other people as well. But it has to be presented the right way. And it, and it can't just be like, hey, we're just going to sanitize your car. We're just going to spray it. No, we're also going to clean. And we're going to like, we're actually cleaning the car. But we're also sanitizing as well those hard surfaces. Like we all know you can't sanitize like carpet and stuff like that. But we can sanitize hard surfaces and, and make it a little bit cleaner for you. Sean. Yeah, that's true. Huge, huge value add as well. Uh, so what we do is we have ads right now targeting what we classify as soccer moms. Um, so it's going towards them. And with that, they get the car seats done, but we also uh, promote to them that we do the, uh, the belt buckles. Uh, so the seat belts, things like that, because that's a huge contact point as well. Um, and then similarly, we do something for Uber drivers as well, because they each get a, a credit from Uber to get their car clean. And so we push that heavily with them. Do I think it's a long lasting, you know, promotion type thing that we could do? Uh, maybe, not sure. I think that's the way this world is headed, but uh, we're not putting all our faith in it. We're not switching gears and saying, okay, we're going to be a sanitization cleaning company, but it's, it's definitely, I'd say a value add on. Absolutely. All right. Uh, so Sean, your, your go email campaigns. Uh, it depends on how the campaign's done. Uh, the best ones are if it's drip campaigns. Not a huge fan of the impersonality of emails uh, because people get them and it's, you know, I get hundreds of emails, they get tons of promotions. It's, it's very saturated, but depending on how it's done, uh, they can, they can work well. Uh, but I think if they're well-timed and they're done right, they, they work a lot better than, you know, mass text messages. Uh, okay. That's messages. what I was going to say is okay. Email yeah. campaigns or what about text messaging? Yeah, so text messages are good for, you know, like, hey, your appointment's coming up or something like that. If you're sending it out saying like, uh, you know, hey, we have a 5% off this weekend only, stuff like that, uh, people are, are not going to be happy with that most times. Uh, so they're not good for blasts, I would say, uh, but they're good for quick notices, things like that. And just think about the messages you would want to receive and that you get from companies. And then when you're structuring marketing campaigns for your business, try and tailor the ones that you feel are, are working well. And Usually it's not blasts through text messages. Those are good for instant notifications. Um, just like, hey, uh, you know, this is happening or something like that, but marketing wise. But email campaigns can work depending on how they're done. Uh, I could get into that, but we have a really good thing we do at our, our shop with contests. Uh, so we'll hold the contest. Everyone can enter to win. 
And then those that don't win, we send out an email and it says, and the winner is. So they all open it to see if they won. And then in there, all the people that didn't win, we pitched them, you know, whatever the promo is. Uh, so those kind of campaigns work really well and they're done by email, but someone's expecting to receive something like that. And this isn't a talk about consent, but more a talk of your effectiveness. If, you know, if they're expecting to receive something, it's going to be received better and you can close a lot more people. Cool. Greg. You know, I don't think the value of email is very big right now. I think email campaigns are very effective and they're a great thing, but the, val the value of it is very low. I think running email campaigns right now is very expensive and it also is very time consuming. So mm. I, I, I truly believe because of that, the value is very low. And now text, I'll just comment on text messaging. I don't like to receive text messages on mm. stuff on my phone. And if a company tries to do that, I get really pissed off. And so I don't think text message blast should be done. If you want to get, you know, get a hold of the customer, just send them an email or just have actually just have somebody give them a call. Personally, I like the personal phone call. call. And, and, and one of these things that's better, I truly believe is the call. And I'll give you an example. I went, this is will be just be really quick. I went to a restaurant, had a great meal. Um, and then I was actually in Florida opening our new Masterson's Car Care Florida store. And I had yes. uh, dinner the night before. And the next day in the morning, the restaurant called me. Hey, Mr. Masterson, how are you doing? I'm blah, blah, blah from the restaurant that you were just at. I just wanted to thank you for coming. And we wanted to just see how your meal was. In the nice. um, I said, yeah, it was, it was great. I enjoyed it. And thank you so much for calling. You know why? <laughs> a personal it was, touch. It was very personal. And I like that. Yeah. And I think detailers, uh, if they do that, that personal touch, great thing for the future. I think it's much better than email or text. All right, cool. Last one. Um, $4,000 tickets or weekly $7,500 maintenance cleanings. Greg. Wait, repeat that? Uh, big $4,000 tickets <laughs> or weekly like $7,500, 75 to $100 uh, tickets for weekly maintenance? Wait, let's just talk about, this is a good question. What was the first number you said? $4,000? Sure. I'm just throwing out a no, number. No, no, no. Throw, throw a real number. I mean, four, $4, I got off the phone with a guy uh, yesterday that was shooting for 8000 so, I mean, there's certain pockets, certain pockets of the country. Let's go, let's go, let's go with 4,000. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then, and then you said weekly maintenance mm -hmm. or weekly maintenance or weekly maintenance. How much would you a hundred bucks? Let's just call it hundred bucks. Okay. hundred bucks a ticket. Okay. Let's just, let's just get out my middle school calculator right here that I use for everything. Okay. <laughs> Hey, so you know, did you have, did, I mean, literally did, did the you, watch? I bought one once, right? Yeah. Sean, you had one, didn't you? The little one on your, your watch? No, this is the Texas Industries TI3, whatever X, middle school calculator. Okay, whatever. So um, uh, uh, let's just go at it right here. Okay. Let's just say that you're doing weekly washing, $100. Okay. And you're not going to a job without doing at least four cars at the hundred dollars. Okay. Um, how many of those jobs do you think they could do a day? Both of you guys just throw a number. Like the $4,000 jobs or the, no, no, no. We're talking about the hundred dollars first. Okay. Well, a mobile less, yeah, but yeah, uh, just throw a number doesn't matter. Mobile fix. Say I'd, say, say five. I'd say four. Okay. They're going to go, yeah. they're, they're going to go to four stops and mm -hmm. they're going to do four cars at each stop. Okay. So that's 400 bucks times four at 1600 bucks a day. Okay. Now they're going to, let's just say that they're going to do that, that, uh, four days a week. Let's say that one day they fuck up. So everybody's human. Okay. Everybody's oh, no, let's, just, let's just say five. Let's just go five. Cause it's easy. It's 261. It's 261 work days a year. Okay. Um, you know, so they make it 1600 bucks a day times 261. That's, that's a lot of money. How much do you think it is over $400,000? <laughs> a lot of money okay four hundred thousand dollars it's actually four hundred seventeen thousand dollars okay now let's go with that four thousand how many four thousands sale are they going to get the month well let's be fair and say they could get it's one 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 a day 
If they're going to do, you just said that they're basically doing 16 cars a day. A day. That's (laughs) a lot of work. So we got to give those guys a credit that they're going to bust out at least one of the big items. Okay. Now, this is the thing. And this is a good, we can talk about this for a minute if you like. I, you got to be a good salesperson to sell a $4,000 detail. And, and, and I know a lot of detailers that they struggle to even sell a hundred dollar detail. So that's why I'm saying how realistically, how many $4,000 details do you think? they? I don't think they would have got the 16 cars are done in a day. I think they would have only gotten four. I think they could do 16 cars a day at hundred dollars. That's not, that's not, that's, that's not hard. You just get the basic wash in and throw on a couple add-ons. Boom. It's a hundred bucks plus a tip. If you get up to 80, they're going to tip you 20 bucks. So you're clearly almost close to the hundred. If you got an employee with you, you could get it done. Got a little team, right? But the $4,000, how many do you think they could do a week? I would I'm guess gonna, two, maybe three. I'm because I'm not going to go three. Let's I'm going to tell you this. If I drop my car off with somebody and in one day it comes back $4,000, something's wrong there. Right? <laughs> right so something's wrong. Something is wrong. So, so 12,000 a week. Let, how many cars are doing four of those a week? Well, we said three. 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 Okay, so they're doing three. Four. They're do, they're doing those um, uh, a week. Four. They're four thousand times three. So twelve thousand dollars a week. Let's say they work fifty-two weeks. Okay, that's all. That's six hundred thousand. Okay, so six hundred twenty-four thousand. So you're making more. Can you close all of that? So- I don't think so. Here would be my concern as a business. So at our, at our shop, we have a mix of both. We have, uh, so we have our, we call them promo details. And so we, we charge around $139 for those ones. Okay. We pump those out all day. It takes, we put two guys on it and they do four of them an hour. Okay. Hour. And, yeah. Yeah. And I know that it sounds crazy, but it's, That's not, it's we not put crazy. them in the bays back to back. You have a good process. Exactly. It's so we also take the big ticket items, but my concern, if I was a business that only had the $4,000 ticket items, is that you've got $3,999 of wiggle room for a competitor to come in and steal all your business, right? That's concern number one. But my other concern would be if someone's coming in at the $4,000 mark, trying to sell them consistently, that's a problem, possibly. But also, what are the upsells looking like on that ticket item versus the guy I'm seeing every week for $100? I'm seeing him every week. Upselling him something every single week is gonna be easy. I could probably find something that's $4,000 to upsell that guy, you know? Um, so I would rather have the consistent, you know, consumer base and, and figure out ways of turning that customer into a higher ticket item versus the high ticket ones. Uh, but I mean, depends on the market too. You might have someone that uh, depending on their area, maybe the only thing around is $4,000 details. Yeah. You know, I I, yeah, I don't, I don't see the $4,000 detail happening. I just think it's, and, and yeah, it's yeah. possible. You can do the $4,000 detail, but it really depends on the people selling the services. And That's I true. Think, and, and a lot of people out there, I don't believe in the detailing industry, they suck at selling. There's just, I'll be the first one to say the majority of the detailers out there in the market, they suck at selling. And if they spent some time and got some training from a great sales training or invested in that time, I believe their business would double or triple within a matter of months. I believe that. Yeah, if not weeks. Yeah. Uh, if not weeks, yeah, yeah. or days. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. day. Tomorrow. <laughs> Tomorrow, yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Oh, the, the people yeah. I've helped with, uh, like just through Orbis X, I, I help so many of the members with like sales and stuff like that with training because that's where my background is. And it's not actually in technology per se. Um, so I helped them a lot with that. And I've studied everything like our company we had in the Caribbean. I put all my staff through the Grant Cardone University because it focused strictly on selling, you know. Um, so I've even gone through it myself. And uh, there's there's so many similarities. No matter what you're selling, it's it's the fundamentals are the same. I've seen some of these guys. They message me and they're like two, three weeks later. And they're like, you wouldn't believe it. For the first time ever, I hit this milestone. And they were they were operating for like three, four years. And within less than a month transform them into something that you know they're power sellers now so it's yeah i, yeah, I agree yeah. the right the right sales process and that's where the the guy you see frequently i mean greg for yourself would you rather have someone that's coming you know and they they buy four thousand dollars once a year or they're coming every week and they're spending you know two hundred dollars 
but you're able to upsell them something during that process. You know, um, Sean, that's a good thing because I mention this probably every single week is that I have five cars and I, I can't, oh, well, this is an even good one. I have five cars and right now I have a yeah. leg injury. I have a, oh, a, shoot. a leg injury. I had, I got a, a slice on my leg. I got a fucking, oh, man. Cut. I had to get a bunch of stitches. So obviously I can't be washing cars too much. Right. Yeah. But if I knew a detailer that would come and wash all of my cars today and mm -hmm. do it and give me a great price, I would pay that and tip them. But I mentioned that on this podcast every week, yet we have not had one person pick up the Nobody's phone. Nobody's called you? No, they have not Are just walked in. No, and I'm here and I'm like, here, I have money. I'm like, here, take my money. Look, um, I mean, I, I told the person, I'm like, I got some cash. I'm like, I usually carry a couple hundred on me. So you know, yeah. like, or here's, a, you know, like I said, I got cash. Just come here. I'll tip you. I'll pay you cash. It's going to be good. Yeah. But they, Jeez. nobody has the balls to just call and be like, I want that job. Can I do it? Yes. Yeah. That's it's, crazy. It's crazy, right? I know. And we, and I've said this for maybe about three months. How many how many months have I said this, Marty? No, you said it much longer than that. I, you, oh you, my it was really God. early. I mean, we've been we've been recording, geez, at least eight or ten months, right? If not almost a year now. Yeah. And yeah. early on in that, you started. Yes. And I think you. It's not even That's just crazy. here. You've put that out in other places too, right? It's not just on this these episodes. So my yeah, gosh. It, it is funny. I know. Uh, <laughs> I know, and they could and they could come to my shop and wash my car and use my water, and Jeez. and 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 maybe even try test out some chemicals, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Maybe even get some free chemicals instead of a wash or get cash, whatever. There's so many Jeez. different deals, but people are listening to this and they don't follow through, and so that's that's, that's all one of the things I tell about the sale yes. is to follow through you know yeah 100 percent. and what's the worst that happens you call somebody and, and what do they say they say no. no thanks exactly like that's it you know no hard feelings all right and i mean i'm still gonna press if even if they say no <laughs> like listen aside from yourself what's the one reason you know <laughs> you'll, you'll just push but, but like that's crazy i think marty now you have to put his number back up again so that people <laughs> <laughs> yeah they could just google masterson's car care it'll come up they could they oh 100 they could just walk into the shop hey do you need a wash I would. Yeah. You're in the Orange County area. We're like right next to Disneyland, right up the freeway. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, man. That's perfect. Jeez, well, when our, when our borders open back up, we'll bring one of my guys down there if no one is <laughs> <just> do it. <laughs> Big, uh, thanks as always for your time. Sean, thanks for hopping on. Uh, your drink's Absolutely. finished. You're going to have to grab another. Was it a whiskey? <laughs> uh, that uh, rum. Yeah, yeah. Rum. El Dorado. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. right you're a rum guy that's right yeah yeah, the yeah. Caribbean. So, yeah 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 exactly some sometimes tequila depends on the mood but uh yeah greg's, usually, greg's yeah. a tequila fan greg's a tequila oh, fan. Yeah. there we go silver or gold though always the reposado or the anejo you know okay okay there we go yeah we beautiful should, uh, we should I, I should drink on the beer i got a, i got a bar masterson over here we always just go oh there you go on the, on the podcast. <laughs> Yeah. all right guys well, well thanks so much for your stuff. time i uh, really appreciate it and uh, we'll see you guys next week thank you absolutely see you, see you next week much for listening to that episode and if you got any value out of it hey go share it go let people know what you heard on the Pints of Polishing podcast. And listen, if you want to leave us a review, we would love that, you know, five star, one star. Hey, whatever you think we deserve, if you would leave us a review, greatly appreciate that. And thank you so much for being a part of community.